This is Marketing Smarts, a podcast committed to cutting through all the confusing marketing BS so you can actually understand how to take action and change your business today. Welcome to Marketing Smarts. I am Ann Candido. And I am April Martini. And today we're going to talk about a constantly reoccurring topic that we get from listeners and clients on a regular basis, and that is SEO. Questions range from what it is, how to do it, what are the benefits. So today we will cover all of that in a jam-packed episode of the information you need to know to SEO. <laughs> I like that. That rhymes. <laughs> And so first, like what we like to do is just make sure we're all on the same page with some of these uh, these definitions. So first, let's define what SEO is. And what SEO is, or search engine optimization, is a process of maximizing the number of visitors to a particular website by ensuring that that site appears high on the list of results returned by a search engine. So in other words, when you type your search into the Google bar, you want your site to be one of the first if not the first, to show up in the results. Yes. And so obviously the definition helps ground us all in the conversation and what we're going to talk about. So we will jump in shortly. But before we do that, we have one very important thing before we do dive in is, and that is our special guest today. So Steve Wiedemann is the CEO of Wiedemann Consulting Group, which specializes in SEO consulting, training, strategy, procurement, all the things. So in other words, he's the perfect guest for today's topic. Steve, welcome and please introduce yourself. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, I used to introduce myself as the senior search strategist of our group, but it seems these days I get to use some new titles from all the, the different roles that fell on my plate in the last few years. I'm an adjunct professor now at UC San Diego and California State's uh, University of Fullerton, uh, as well as Fullerton uh, College uh, here in the Orange County area. And um, recently, about a year ago, I got uh, enlisted to help write a textbook for digital marketing students who are taking online classes. So I think I've got the first um, textbook through Stukent, the online courseware program and textbooks. And I'm author and adjunct professor as well as search engine geek. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's me and you know our, our team here. We, we get to work with some pretty fun accounts. Like um, recently, we're helping Applebee's and IHOP to address pandemic and making sure that they're showing up in search. And we love and, and live and breathe everything related to um, search engine marketing optimization and happy to be here and share my experience. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, we often hear, and I think I, I've talked to you about this previously, that our show is much like a course. And so <laughs> I think you're perfectly suited to help us teach this one today. Um, Do my best. And also, you know, obviously this is a tough one for people, as we said. So mm -hmm. welcome. Congratulations on all your roles. And with that, we Thank will you. jump into the right way to SEO. All right. Number one, create a single highly functioning website with quality content. We talk on the show all the time about really spending the time to get the fundamentals right and then jumping into spending money on marketing. And unfortunately, this is a problem we've seen with SEO a lot, especially over, you know, Steve mentioned COVID and the pandemic. And a lot of people were coming to us to say, hey, can you help me do my SEO strategy? And mm -hmm. We, you know, would immediately with our partners go to the website and, and look at things and come back and say, look, 
you really shouldn't spend any money here yet because you don't have a website that's going to support you, even if you do show up well in search. And mm. in many cases, that we're talking about you know ease of navigation, strong content with keywords that are going to show up, the right information when people are searching, all of those different types of things. And so we feel so strongly that we would tell the client we weren't going to work with them on SEO until they fixed their website, um, which... A lot of times they did, and sometimes they didn't, and mm -hmm. that was okay. Uh, but in the spirit of taking on the work when it's right for the client, this is just something that we feel strongly about and the reason that we set this out as our first principle. And Steve, I know you and I talked about this, and you're much more into the technical language and all the things surrounding this. So I'll let you chat a little bit about this. Sure. And, and what you what you mentioned really affects the, the third of three main signals when it comes to you know ranking and search results um, that that third signal is really user behavior even if you can get a website to rank if the user can't get what they need or it isn't a, a professional experience they're going to go back to the search results and choose a competing listing you know if that happens enough because google's recording and so is being every search and every action somebody takes they might start to infer that maybe that wasn't a very helpful result. And eventually your rankings will go away. You know, those other two are, are really focused more on the relevancy of the content. You mentioned using keywords mm -hmm. and then off-page visibility. You know, Google was the first search engine to base primarily what their ranking signal was on what other websites were saying about the, you know, the target site and how they were linking and what words they were using when they were linking. So, you know, that, that content that on page and then off page and then user behavior signals, you know, all, all play a role in our ranking. So you're, you're right in, in suggesting that, Hey, we should probably make sure we're starting a strategy the right way. But I, I would also, I would also warn that SEO needs to be a part of that design process. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. when we do that same recommendation, because we, you know, we really want to work with that client, we'll suggest that they bring us in to, um, to help go through our, our little SEO prerequisites document so that when they are building a better designed website, that they didn't decide to use something like Squarespace and create a single page website. <laughs> Look, now my page is, is simple and it's one page and it's beautiful. It's beautiful, but you just lopped off all those great pages that were getting traffic from search. You know, when somebody performs a search for your products and services, they don't get your homepage. If they search for your brand name, your company name, sure, your homepage should show up. But if they're searching for a product or service, they're going to land on a page that you've optimized to show up for that, that keyword. So I think, um, I think SEO does play a big role in the overall development of a website. And, and you know, having the prerequisite stock helps, but also you know, being there as a wingman to make sure that when they are building this new website, that it does uh, invoke all those best practices from conversion rate and um, and SEO and user experience and mobile experience. I think all those things kind of play a role in that third signal, that behavior signal. It's a great point. Yeah. And I, I think what you brought up was a really, really big point too, which is the fact that it's so important for these things to be integrated, because that yeah. was the the thing that we would hear from these clients. It's like, well, I just spent 10, 20, 30 grand on my oh. website. And we'd be like, I got to rebuild it. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, I, I don't want to do that. Can't you just work with what we got? And we're like, sometimes we could. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes it's like, uh, no, but then, you know, and, and it's really sad to have to tell them that, but you, I, I love the fact that you talked about the consumer journey and, and, and how the behavior of that is really what 
kind of triggers all these algorithms to work, which is a, a big fundamental piece of what people understand. Because we've even got some questions like, do I even need a website anymore? <laughs> and we're like, um, yeah, because people still search for everything. That's one of the very first things they do. And so the yeah. two have to play very well together. If you can knit them together, like you suggested, it becomes yeah. a lot more efficient of a process. Yep, and I agree. And I think I think a lot of people learned yesterday why having mm-hmm. your website and everything on Facebook and put, as opposed to having an actual website is probably not a good long-term strategy. You know, with the social media just going down for hours and hours yesterday, you can imagine those poor businesses that do all their business through Facebook, you know, were, were impacted. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And that's another thing we talk ad nauseum about, which is the algorithms and, you know, the fact that if you don't own it, you don't own what's going to happen. So yeah, that's right. right. Another- we, we do like we like to think in patterns. Right. And and I know I know when a lot of business owners think about SEO, it's a, OK, it's a line item. I'll pay mm-hmm. for it. I'll sign it off and I'm done. And it's not if you're going to incorporate, you know, search engine optimization into your digital marketing campaign or into your strategy. It's, it's got to be ingrained in what you're doing every month. There's, there's those 20 key pages on your website that drive all the business and revenue to, to your online business. And if you're not nurturing them every month, if you're not paying attention to those three areas we talked about, making them more relevant, making them more helpful, making them more visible off the website and doing tests that show up um, with a better appearance in search results, and you're not doing those things every month, then then SEO is not going to be a good long-term viable um, digital marketing medium for you. It's it's about you know imagining you know the way the search engines think isn't just about okay I saw this I put it in my database I'm done. They're recrawling this content throughout the day constantly mm-hmm. and trying to make sure that if something new came out that that new thing gets tested to see how users interact with it. So we have to we have to switch switch our whole mindset to thinking about patterns and improvements. So. You know, as as you're building your strategy and figuring out what you're going to do for each of those different areas, you know, I think it's important to to add some accountability to the webmaster, to the content writer, and maybe to some of the folks that that are helping with uh, our search appearance and and holding them accountable. Hey guys, what do we do this month to make our page more helpful? You know, how fast does it load? Is it more accessible? Um, is it is it browser compliant and device compliant across all the the you know devices that people are using to get to our website? Um, are we are we addressing security? Are we paying attention to mm-hmm. uh, you know how how a user can get through an entire experience on our website with just their thumb and in offering uh, single click payment options, offering auto fill on forms and making it very easy to see what the call to action is by creating a floating footer for mobile users that can just click call now or mm-hmm. shop now or pay online or go to cart. So I think I think all those things play a role, but improving those things is is what uh, winning companies do when it comes to SEO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think, well, like we said, this was going to be a jam-packed episode. So you gave all kinds of tips and tricks right there for folks. And I think the one thing you said, which goes to our second point, which is around developing your SEO strategy, which is more than just your website. And so I hear you saying, you know, do things with intention. Don't just set it and forget it. But the first step, you know, okay, having a, a strong website's great, but things like the content, and you mentioned holding people mm-hmm. accountable, right? All the content out there plays into your or SEO. And so really specifically, SEO consists of keywords, title tags, and meta descriptions. And these fundamentals, you know, really help or, you know, direct, I guess, 
Google search engines algorithms. And like you said, there's always things crawling behind the scenes to optimize. So you got to make sure this is another kind of fundamental, right? And it's an overall strategy, but you got to do the work here too, versus just saying, okay, I did my website. Like Ann said, I spent all this money. I didn't incorporate SEO in that part. And now I'm really doing nothing other than saying, like you said, Steve, it's a line item and I'm going to go and do it, whatever that (laughs) means and looks like. And so here- Doing social- Doing yes. SEO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which means doing showing up there, which, uh, you know, yeah. is, isn't really showing up at all. Um, <laughs> so here, you know, just to, to quickly go through, you really have to write, you know, think about all the keywords that you feel like somebody might search for your business. There are tools mm-hmm. out there like the Keyword Planner, which is a Google developed one that helps you reach the target audience and figure out what those words are. You can search just in total, like, you know, Steve, you just said that if a user can't get to where they need to go, they go back and search. So try to do it yourself and see what comes up and Mm -hmm. see what's really hitting what your intention is. And then there's Q&A websites. So Steve, I'm not even going to try to (laughs) list all these here. I'll let you talk about them. But where you can go and search frequently asked questions and, you know, create pages that answer these inquiries, all of these types of things. Right. So, you know, I I think about the, the end picture when we're we're strategies done what are we looking at and to me it's a project management system and in your project management system you've got groups of tasks that you and your team plan to work on and then you've got some recurring things that you're going to do once a week once a month you know to to kind of make sure that you're paying attention to all those different areas of search so in in our project management system within the technical seo tab you know, we're going to list out all those tasks that failed our technical audit. Mm-hmm. Um, after the uh, session today, I'll make sure you have links to uh, some of the templates that we use if if you'd like to incorporate some of those same audits. Um, and there's there's hundreds of them online, but um, ours is the culmination of 20 years of, of nitpicking what we feel are high priority versus medium priority. So take mm-hmm. your pick. Uh, that next list is going to be content buckets. And you know, one of our favorite project management systems is monday.com. And in Monday, uh, now we can create a line item for a bucket. We'll call it, uh, let's say we're, we're doing tax accounting. We're an ca- accountant and we're doing tax accounting. Um, so we have a section on our site for tax accountant. And what we can do now on Monday is we can create a sub action item for every supportive page that we want to create. So now we can do under um, under that specific tax accountant bucket, we can have all those upper funnel search terms that we researched from you know our initial strategy and pulled together and, and ultimately organized into different tabs in an Excel workbook and ultimately organized those tabs into small groups of keywords that all have the same user intent. And then we took all those different groups and and we started to design out how they'd be organized on our website. We start to cluster those words and create what ultimately becomes your site map or the information architecture or site structure of your site. And I know it's it sounds complicated and it sounds overwhelming, but I promise you the businesses that take the time to build out an entire content plan of what keywords we want to address, what pages we need to create if we don't already have them to address those keywords and how they're organized on our website. Site structure to me is is paramount to a really strong SEO strategy. It's something that, as you mentioned, that you start before you start designing your website, figure out how you can create your navigation based on what people are looking for, instead of just creating your navigation based on what you want to present about your business. I think that's that's the key 
indicator of a, of a site that's built for search engine optimization versus a site that's been fine-tuned and tweaked and band-aided to, um, you know, to accommodate SEO. So in, in Monday, you're going to have that bucket for every section of your site that you're going to create. If you're an attorney, you're going to have a section for each accident type, car, truck, um, motorcycle, and you're going to create tons of supportive, helpful content. You'd mentioned keyword tools that you could use. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, answer the public is one of my favorites. It, it takes a lot of the, the auto suggested, um, uh, keywords that people are punching in and it organizes them into what, how, where, who, when, um, I'd also like to, you know, add something to that with ideas and strategies and tips and checklists, all that great upper funnel supportive content that helps us to build authority and, and to attract links and something that we could use to um, to get people who have an interest in what we're doing to visit our site where we can then remarket to them because we've got that tag installed. Mm-hmm. So now we can go back to Google ads and Bing ads and Facebook, and we can say, hey, send ads to anybody who visited my website. Um, so we can continue to grow that um, uh, that customer base through starting with upper funnel, bring them back in through remarketing, start by getting them to subscribe to something and eventually get them to purchase either through another search they perform uh, or through our email marketing um, or, you know, something, you know, even better. So I think, I think the, the content side of things, as you mentioned, is um, it, it really is the, the foundation of a really strong SEO strategy. Those other buckets, and we already mentioned it, we're going to have, have something in there for the link opportunities of what links we want to get that competitors add. And then maybe if we're a local business or multi-location business, you know, we'll have a section in that project management system for those tasks as well. Mm. So I, I got a very like tactical question. Um, but I think a lot of um, our listeners are going to have the same question, or at least I hope so, or else I'm going to sound really stupid. But anyway, <laughs> um, what is the difference between having like a page that is dedicated to a certain SEO search terms versus it all being in like one like homepage? Like you had made that comment before and then you brought it up again. So I know a lot of people are thinking about, well, I mean, I could do a Wix thing and my Wix is just like one One page page. just scrolling it down. And we've had this Mm -hmm. conversation with our web guy who was like, no, you need to have individual pages. And we're like, okay, why? So why would you have individual pages just versus just one like kind of scrolled homepage? Sure. Well, you have to imagine the user's experience, right? You imagine what, what they see in the search results. And if you're addressing 20 different keywords on one page, how are you going to get 20 of those words into a title that's constrained to, you know, a limited amount of, of pixel space? How are you going to get all of that information into a description that shows up in Google? And we're lucky, sometimes Google will just grab snippets based on what they think mm-hmm. would be helpful. Mm-hmm. But when we can control it by creating a title and description that that's inclusive of, of a specific array of keywords that we want to optimize for, then we have more control. So that starts with the search appearance. I think that's number one. You can't address 20 keywords in a title tag. It's just not realistic. We want our keywords to be in that title so that they know that that's what that page is about. So I think that's super important. And they're, they're making strides to try to help businesses who can't do that. They're, they've got the passages update that happen where they're measuring the section of the page separately than the, the page itself. They had the title tag update that happened a few weeks ago where where they're starting to use internal links. So you see a lot of pages now showing up with tables of contents. They're doing that in hopes that Google is going to use that table of contents for that passages update and show that in the title tag instead of their their specified title tag. So there's workarounds and hacks to try to make it work. 
But why not just create a page where you control the title, the description, and the content the user sees? Why not create a page that has the image names named after the primary keyword you're trying to rank for, the URL containing the keywords you want to rank for, um, you know, maybe subheadings that contain the, the derivatives and the semantics of those keywords that you want to rank for so that you're showing up for a wider array of keywords. I think, I think there's a much much bigger opportunity to be the one that has a whole page addressing a keyword than to be competing against one little section of a page that doesn't have all those different SEO attributes that are all part of that Google SEO starter guide that's available that Google pushed out. So um, if you wanna compete with a section and, and a small piece of content versus competing against somebody who's gonna optimize an entire page, that's your prerogative, but most of the time the page is gonna beat the section. And I think we've all seen that when we try to search things and, you know, you, you get in the search bar, like, yeah, match these words, but not these words, or even match it all the words, but the, all the words are like spread yeah. across the whole entire, <laughs> like big long section, which actually wasn't what you searched for at all. Right. It just pulled out these random words and pieced them all together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think um, Google's gotten so smart now with their AI and their BERT algorithm, B-E-R-T. Uh, rank brain, you know, previously as they were trying to understand longer tail queries. And uh, I do think keywords are important for the, the those first few months when Google's crawling the website and trying to figure out what they should test your page for. But once you've gotten past that, once you've gotten past the, the, the keyword side and showing the search engines what you'd like to appear for, everything else really relates to how other websites are linking and talking about you and how you're appearing in search results uh, for those search terms. So, I would say long-term, yeah, it's important to continue to nurture your content strategy, but don't worry as much about the keywords themselves. They're, they're going to figure it out based on, I mean, and you can see this if you go into your Google search console, another free tool you could use to, you know, really understand what Google's recommendations are to improve your site. You're like, I optimize this page for five keywords. And then you go to that URL and search console and like, holy crap, they, they showed my page for a thousand different search terms <laughs> and I'm not even using 900 and something of them. Right. So, so I wouldn't worry as much about, about explicit keyword optimization. That's a really sort of old school practice. And we still use a little bit of those best practices when we initially create the page. But long term, once we've had some longevity in the search results and we've been clicked on and we're, you know, we're seeing higher, higher rankings, I wouldn't worry as much about the keywords uh, as I would about how, how I'm providing the, the best, most helpful page to users. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think you make, you know, such a really good point and this kind of rounds out the commentary on the developing your strategy. Right. It is getting those fundamental things right. So same thing we say with the website, right? So I'm hearing you say set up the strategy in the right way. Make sure that you spend the time with the content, the right number of pages, you know, write appropriate title tags and then the descriptions that go with them. Don't focus on too many keywords. Simplify it where you can. And I think all of that then gets you to the point, which I think is is well taken and also a problem we see, which is then let it kind of live for a little bit. Keep track of it, but don't feel so much pressure to constantly be changing it because I think that's what happens on the other side, right? Like it's across marketing. It's not just in terms of SEO, but when people say, well, it's not working yet, then they freak <laughs> out and make changes. And it's like, well, you haven't even given it time to right. actually set it. Let the dust settle. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly. Uh -huh. I love it. Yeah, I always, I always like to give that analogy of when, when we've made a lot of changes to a page or created a new page, it's like rolling through an old ghost town and 
as you're as you're going through this town that's that's being renovated, you're <laughs> you're seeing new buildings being made, you're hearing a lot of hammering, and you're like, you know what? I don't think I'm ready to settle in this town yet because it looks like it's still being built. So I'm gonna as a search engine, I'm just gonna stroll through, look around, and then I'll come back later when it looks like it's done. Um, and then it it rolls back through and it's like, oh cool, everything seems to be finished. Awesome. All right, I'm gonna come back again. Come back again. Wow, not a lot of changes. All right. It's, you know, it looks like this, this town's looking good and lots of people are moving into it. Traffic, right? Lots of people moving into it. So uh, so now I'll start measuring this page and I'll start testing it for different search results. And that doesn't mean you can't still play with some of the attributes and variants of, you know, headings and headlines and so forth. You can still adjust those, but, um, but I, I wouldn't do it until you've had some time to let the dust settle. And with a new page or a big change, I would say three months. And then once you've got that three months in there and you start to see yourself showing up and you're getting some links to your web website uh, or to that page, if you can, and you're, you're seeing some good click-through rates for the keywords that you want to appear for in your search console, then you can start, you know, doing some tasks and, and keep nurturing that page. But you're right. I think, I think there is an initial dust settling period, um, you know, and, and some clients who are really strong on, on SEO, um, think of it like advertising and not marketing. And you're like, you just let it sit, stop touching it for a little while so that they know that you're done with this town, right? <laughs> it's like heyday, right? When you play heyday. I'm so old. I've never played heyday. I, I don't know what Tetris. that is either. I got a Galaga. I got a Galaga oh, in well, my, my office over here in Tetris, but not, I don't, I don't know much about the online games. Yeah. That's what well, my, my daughters play it all the time. And, you know, they have to sit and they have to wait for their farm to develop before they're allowed to go back. And then uh. they have to wait and then they can like, get the eggs and sell them and get the bait. Well, anyway, never mind. I, I digress. <laughs> but it was like, it made me think of Hades. So Maybe our listeners will know the analogy. I'm going to have to play it later. I'll try it. I'm, <laughs> I'm just old school. I like all the old Atari stuff. I, I, I do too. I'm oh, with you. Tetris, yeah. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So on the other side of once the dust has settled, our third point here is to conduct audits on a regular basis and also keep up with Google Analytics. So we always say don't set it and forget it. And to the previous point, definitely let have enough time, but don't think that you can just cross something off your list, especially not SEO, and think you're going to be good. And so you should always be looking for weaknesses, things that aren't working. And specifically, it's like checking each page for meta titles and descriptions, you know, checking keyword optimization for every post, analyzing the URL structure of an article, checking the alt tags on images, you know, naming it what it actually is. And then also the big one that we get, I feel like all the time is the mobile friendliness of the site. And this is another one where we've seen clients get in trouble where they've built something good for desktop and they partnered with the wrong <laughs> person, antiquated <laughs> approach here. Um, but then it doesn't quite work for mobile. So I think yeah. the point of this one, right, is you're going to talk about patterns, I'm sure, Steve, but, you know, making sure that you're keeping an eye on the right things and also keeping up with the knowledge of what is changing, because this is an area where things are changing readily. And you've already given a couple of examples of very recent updates and things. And so making sure that you're staying abreast to all of that and also being a part of it in order to stay relevant. Yeah, I think I think that's both sides of the coin. It's are we are we always getting better at what we do comparing against how we were? Just like a, a marathon, right? It's not a 
um, it's not a track race, you know, where you're doing these sprints. It's a longer term, big picture uh, effort. So one of the things that I used to really enjoy, we used to work with um, public storage for a good part of 10 years. And Dave Collins, uh, you know, the, the marketing manager there, he, he every month when we put our reports together of how SEO is doing, wanted to see what the competitors were doing with key pages. And you know what your key pages are. You go to your website and you know what your service or, or primary product categories are. Mm-hmm. Bob's watches, nose, Rolex Submariner and Rolex President are huge categories for them, you know, and they want to keep an eye on it. So every month we do this report and we'd have a screenshot of the desktop of our competitor, usually the top four to five competitors. And those competitors change over time as you perform those searches and you see them, you know, new guys start to show up in the search results. We'll add that to our monthly report. We'll look at desktop, we'll look at mobile, um, and then we'll look at uh, at specific attributes. What changed? Uh, we use a tool called Visual Ping. It's a, a browser extension for Chrome. I don't know if they have something for Safari or not, but um, what you can do is you can actually get notified when a competitor changes their version of a page that you're trying to compete against with your page. Oh. And you pick those top 10 to 20 pages that are important to you. For attorneys, you're going to pick those top practice areas. For e-commerce websites, you're going to pick your top product categories, and you're going to watch and monitor what the competition's up to. You might also take some time to do an industry study. We did this recently for you know our clients, Applebee's and IHOP, were trying to make sure that they're appearing you know during the the pandemic for a lot of newer search terms for off premises, and you run this this massive study across a hundred different restaurant pages, and you start to identify unique things that are making those pages show up well. So, you know, we, we did this and it's, it's right now it's on our website. It's the first link because we wanted to really showcase the study that we did. And, and from it, we identified, you know, things like hyper-local content. If you can write unique content for every location that you have, even if you've got, you know, 3000 of them, um, then you have 107% uh, competitive advantage over a franchise that doesn't. If you create unique images for that location, for that page, you know, you've got, you know, uh, 84% competitive advantage. So I think, I think doing an industry study to, to understand who's, who's ranking in the top positions and who's not right. And then you take all of that data and you look at what those unique differences are. You might find some weird things too, as you're going through, we found some things like, um, uh, coupons on some websites. We saw uh, H cards that you could download and, and store contact information on your phone. We found old KML files that we used to use back in the early days of uh, of SEO. And and it's fun. It's fun to do that that study because now you really understand you know what the industry is doing and what the top performers in the industry are doing differently than those that aren't. So I think I think that part of it beyond just you know looking at what are we doing better every month but also looking at those top ranking pages. One thing that, that our team did here that I thought was really fun was, was we created a little side-by-side template for a specific page. This attorney said he wanted to be number one for personal injury lawyer in the city that he was in. And so, so we, we put his URL into column one, well, column two, right? Column one was the criteria. Mm. And then we took all the technical attributes that we look at. We took all the the content attributes, title, heading, subheadings, um, image names, URL, uh, internal links, number of internal links, things like that. Um, and then we looked at off-page signals, how many links to the page, how many links um, or how many mentions of the brand and the words that they want to rank for off the website, you know, using a, you know, just one of the Google search operators to make sure we weren't using our website as part of that. Um, and then we we looked at the top five pages that were appearing 
for personal injury lawyer in his city. And we put their stuff right next to it. What are the primary differences? Oh, their page loads in half the time that ours does. <laughs> they got a video on their page. They're using attorney in their heading and we're just repeating lawyer that we have in our title. So doing that little side-by-side -side analysis um, from what Google's already displaying in the search results, it doesn't get easier than that. I mean, you can come up with a billion different things that you can do to optimize, but why not start with what's already showing up in the search results and figure out how you can take the best of all those worlds and create something even better. Yeah, that is extremely fascinating. Um, just sitting here listening because, you know, me and April, we talk a lot to our clients about a lot of the front end innovation, right, with regards to differentiating your brand and making sure you're very aware in a competitive space, like how you're talking. You know, we talk about brand story a lot and we talk about tone of voice a lot and all these like really important things to differentiate your brand from a visual and a verbal standpoint. But you bringing in another whole entire aspect, which is, okay, once even that is kind of created, it's the other piece of it is how then you're differentiating in terms of how people are finding you. <laughs> and I think that's just incredibly fascinating to think about it that way. And I think about that being a competitive advantage because I don't think people normally would think about that. And I, and I just think that's a really, really incredible um, insight and point of like facilitating people being able to find you and being able to differentiate in a way that um, gets more people to to click on you and stay on you, I, I think is a huge part of that competitive analysis. And I love the way that you just outlined that. Yeah, and you could use a Google Sheet. It doesn't cost any money. Right? You just uh, the only thing that costs money is is the the tools that you might use to to measure some of the information. But most of it you can get from Google's free developer tools, like the the Lighthouse tool and um, you know the Page Experience tool, the the rich snippet or structured uh, results tools to see what kind of codes they're putting on their pages to stand out a little bit more in rich results for mobile users. Maybe a, a video thumbnail or image thumbnail or some ratings and some stars or some FAQ stuff. So uh, I think it's important, you know, create that sheet, go through all the, the, you know, criteria that you can come up with, ask the SEO community, what are some things you look at when you're, you're, um, you're studying a page from an SEO standpoint, organize them into groups, right? Tech content off page, uh, maybe local, uh, and then, you know, just uh, just side by side the competition. What are they doing differently? And that's to me that it's a great way to create a baseline. It's it's great for creating some benchmarking and um, and some KPIs to work with the team on. And it gives you something to work toward, create something actionable. So I think it's a it's a really easy thing to do. It doesn't take much, um, you know, in terms of cost. It probably would take you the good part of a day to put it together. But when you look at how much traffic and revenue you can get from that one page. You know, we have the one the one Rolex client can can make in a month two three million dollars from one product category. Mm -hmm. Why not spend a few thousand dollars to to really make an outstanding page? You know, to help generate that money. It's sometimes it's hard to convince you know stakeholders of the importance because creating an SEO forecast is so relative, but it can be done. Um, so I would say if if you're still getting kickback and that that local article on um, you know the the probability of of outranking a competition if you do a certain thing doesn't help, then you know create a keyword forecast. Here are the keywords we'd like to appear for that we're not. Here's what our our average click through rate is on some of the lower funnel sales keywords. Here's how much search volume is available. 
And we'll use Google, you know, 70, 80% market share to come up with a forecast for all search engines. And then we'll look at our average order value and we'll look at our conversion rates. And then we'll create a forecast of how much revenue we think we could drive if we were showing up in the top three search results for this keyword. And then you go back to the, the stakeholders and say, hey, you know what, if we can do this over the next year, next year, this is what we could be generating if we're in the top three for the search term in terms of new revenue. And this is what it would mean after a year in 2022, here's how much revenue we could drive if for the rest of the year in 2021, we can nurture this page. That That's that's the hardest thing, I think, for the digital marketing specialist is to, is to create that forecast and convince the client to invest the time and resources into creating great content. Um, and most of the time that content is surprisingly upper funnel in, in hopes of driving more uh, links to the website, not just trying to drive customers. Yeah, well, and I think you said a few really important things there, which one, I think this is, you know, SEO is attractive to people because it doesn't have to cost that much relative to what other- The long-term, yeah. yeah. other mm -hmm. Well, and other channels can cost, but also, yes, the benefits that can come from that. The second thing is, I think it's a similar situation, but in some ways worse to what we face in marketing and advertising in total, which is if you can't see a direct correlation to the dollars that are going to be mm -hmm. made and you can't prove out that that's going to be the case, it can be a harder sell. But yes. I think your point here is well taken of if you do the homework and you put the tools to work, you can build something that shows the context that makes this topic less of a black box for people that shy away, don't understand all of those types of things. And then I think it brings us nicely to our our fourth point, which is don't shy away from change, which as we've been talking this whole time is it's incredibly important to be able to flex, to pay attention to your strategy, to have a strategy, all of those things to set yourself up for success. But I think given all of the information you just talked about and the approach that you take and the pragmatism with which it is done when it is done right, you don't have to be afraid of change because by then you'll be able to point to what the right answers are, or at least right. what the the right things are to go and test that get you closer to the results you're looking for. So you know when you're pulling certain levers, you aren't doing it blind. There's a reason for it. And then you can quickly start to see the results that are coming from it. Absolutely. There's, there's a difference. You know, it's, it's like fashion versus style. Mm -hmm. And I think if you, if you stand by the principles of consistently trying to improve relevancy, popularity, and user behavior signals, then you're creating style that is is timeless. And when those competitors do flank you for a short period of time, they're going to go away because they're using fashion, they're using technique, they're using tactic, you know, to to try to to best you. And Google's not yet recognizing the things that they're doing that might violate their their search guidelines. Uh, and then eventually they will, they'll flag them, the new update will happen, a spam update will happen, they'll go away and they'll have to start all over. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you'll just continue being near the top of the search results and continue seeing more growth from longer tail queries. So I think I think you're right that the way to, to have sustainability um, you know, with, with SEO is to, is to follow those principles. You know, we know we need every month a better user experience and we know what those metrics are and, and hopefully we can set a goal so that in 12 months from now, we know where we want to be. And then we can work with our, our different team members to work toward those goals every month. The webmaster on making a, a faster, more secure, 
um, hire converting website uh, and web content, the writer to stay accountable to our key pages and monitoring, you know, what's happening with those key pages and to continue chipping away at those supportive pages that we're going to continue to grow and nest underneath those primary pages, um, have them continuously look at uh, the changes that are happening with regards to keywords and, and how people are searching using Google Trends. Uh, and then on the off-page side, you know, setting some goals here, all of our competitors are in this list, this group of websites that are industry sites that we're not mentioned on yet. Let's start to build some relationships with them and make sure that we're everywhere that our competition is to pull us closer to the center of the semantic web, if you will. Um, and then, you know, set those goals. And, and the goals aren't the number of links you've earned. Uh, the goals are to make sure that we've addressed the different areas that are important to us. Have we we found everyone who's talked about us but haven't linked to us and and did what we could to try to get them to make our our names clickable did we um did we get at least a percentage of the links that our competitors have earned that we haven't earned yet um did we um did we look at at some of those more obvious industry opportunities um and have we addressed that upper funnel content um, and, you know, answering questions that people have, uh, the what, where, how, why, and how. So I think, I think, yeah, I think there's, um, <clears throat> there's those different areas of search that do play an important role and the accountability that you keep with those team members and, and setting goals and, and keeping them uh, on track to hit them. Um, I think it creates a cadence and it, it creates a mindset that allows the business to have you know, full visibility as to what's going on with the search strategy, who's working on it and where we're at at the moment. Yeah, and I think what you've um, clearly demonstrated over you know this this first half of this podcast is that this is truly, truly uh, in expertise. And I know a lot of people when they're selling you know web development, web design, kind of try to sell SEO as part of that. And I think what I want like all of our listeners to hear is that um, <laughs> you need to be very diligent in the way that you are really sourcing these team members or these um, these people or these these consultants who are going to help you do this. So Steve, I have like a, a two-part question. One is like if if somebody's like listening to this and they're like god, I absolutely need this, can you tell people like how do they go about finding like the right people that are going to help them and or if they want to try starting doing it themselves, is there like one like the first place that they would actually like start in, in, in like just trying to internalize everything that you're saying? Sure. Uh, two, two places, I think. Uh, one is a site that we've been working on called SEO Verified. It's not where we want it to be yet, but the goal of it was to, uh, to provide a checklist of things to ask. Mm -hmm. What kind of questions should I be asking somebody who says that they can help me with search? Do I, questions like, do I have ownership of my analytics, of my websites, um, am I an admin on all the different tools that we're going to be using so that, you know, that I, I own it and have control over it? Um, questions that, that get into best practices. Uh, I've even seen uh, where, you know, we were kind of playing interim director on a, on a phone call with a client who was thinking about um, hiring an agency. And the agency actually hung up halfway through because they, they knew that the client was educated on what, um, you know, what was involved in, in SEO. And they were obviously one of those snake oil companies. So seoverified.com allows you to have uh, a checklist that you could use when you're interviewing your current company um, or a company that you're thinking about working with. 
Um, I think that's that's number one, right? Is just having that in front of you. Um, the other thing that we created too was, you know, that the course I, I teach at Cal State Fullerton, uh, we actually threw it online, um, and hopefully we'll give more prominence to it when we launch our new website next week. But um, right now, you can go to Academy of Search. And if you want to take that course that gives you all of those audit templates and helps you to create that strategy, just use code SEO Steve, my handle, and you can get free access to it. Uh, we're always trying to grow it and evolve it, and we're going to have a lot more courses down the road. But right now, I'd love to invite anybody who wants to check it out for free. It's specifically on creating a search strategy. You can use it like a course and do you know, a, a six-week thing. I've, I've seen people who went through the entire thing in a day. They got up at seven, they got some coffee, and by seven at night, they had completed every um, every track that was in there. And that wow. goes through how to create a tech audit, how to create a competitive baseline where we are now versus the competition, how to do keyword research and, and build a, a site map, how to do a, a link audit and build a link strategy. Um, and, you know, of course, all our templates are, are integrated. So if anyone wants to, to learn search or, or maybe bring in a marketing student and say, hey, would you like to work for me for free to get some practice? I can guarantee you, like all my students would jump at that opportunity to do some free work to get the experience. Go to them and say, here's, here's this course. Here's the templates to use. And here's the name of the guy that you can ask questions to. Um, help me build a strategy. And then, you know, if you want to stay on afterwards, you know, for a... a you know, maybe a, a part-time job um, to implement those things. There's there's the opportunity. Cut your costs down. Get a marketing student in there. Use you know that that training guide on how to build a strategy. Um, and if somebody is calling you saying they can get you to the top position in Google, either get a consultant on the call with you to pretend they're your interim marketing director, <laughs> or use that checklist at SEO Verified so that. You know, you're asking important questions and I guarantee you, you know, a good percentage of them are just going to hang up halfway through because they're going to know that, you know, that they're up to no good. <laughs> that is helpful. We'll put that in the description too for the yeah, episode so, everyone so everybody has can, yeah, because I think it's gold. <laughs> All right. So just to recap, first half of this episode, we told you it was going to be jam-packed. The right ways <laughs> to SEO. Shut up, Steve Wiedemann. <laughs> no, no. This guy won't stop talking. <laughs> no way, no way. You're making if you're us. you're still awake right now. <laughs> so to summarize the four points, create a single highly functioning website. Start with the fundamentals so you're set up for success. Develop your SEO strategy. Do not shoot from the hip. Do the work to make it work for you. Conduct SEO audits on the regular. Do not set it and forget it. Stay on top of how you're performing. And finally, don't shy away from change. Google is only your friend if you stay up to date with the changes. Are you craving a deeper dive immersion into the topics on our podcast? Then you will appreciate our virtual consultancy. Located on the shop page of our website, forthright-people.com, you can now download our digital coaching modules on vigilant leadership, culture building, and social strategy. For the cost of a book, you will get diagnostic tools and exercises to assess your current state and development tools to quickly and intentionally improve your proficiency. These are quick yet effective ways to improve your marketing savvy today. Check it out and let us know other topics you would like us to go deep on. And in our next segment, In the Trenches, which we've started calling ITT for short, we give real-world examples specific to industries and situations, but with broad application for anyone to digest and put into action. And this first one is a big one. Is SEO really worth it? And I will just summarize a couple of the points we've made, and I'll let 
Steve chat more about why he's so passionate about this as he's <laughs> clearly uh, exhibited so far. But I think, first of all, it often seems like a black box. And that's a comment we get from a lot of people. And it's not something that comes intuitively, like a lot of marketing and branding, honestly, but for different reasons. You know, what we talk about a lot of times, and Anne has mentioned brand story, tone of voice, right? Those are difficult for people because it's not hard and fast. There aren't a lot of rules. There's a lot of art that mm -hmm. surrounds that. I think on this side, you have a bit of the opposite, which is it's hard to know how to do it. There's clearly a process by which to do it. There's plenty of tools out there. But you heard Anne ask before for the listeners, you know, what are the first steps I take or where do I even start? And I think for that reason, this is the question that comes up, right? Because we do hear it can be a cheaper, more effective way to do things, especially when you think long term, but you have to put in the work to really do it. And so I think that paired with the fact that consumers, you know, and, and clients of ours, quite frankly, don't necessarily know what all it entails. When you're on unsure footing like that, it's hard, I think, to commit one way or another because you can't see it, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. I remember this at Disney and we had this adventures by Disney website we were working with and I was driving paid search traffic from Google at Google AdWords back then now it's Google ads and I remember going to my boss and saying you know we could probably get a lot more traffic to our site if if this wasn't hosted with flash um, so that search engines could actually crawl. <laughs> oh man, taking find, us back, flash. Yeah, find <laughs> a page for family travel to Ireland, find and crawl and, and rank a page uh, related to family travel in Europe or whatever, right? And so um, so I had to I had to convince the boss that, hey, this is something that is not just going to benefit, you know, our, our pay-per-click advertising by having better pages, having pages all together and not just a flash image, uh, but it's also going to benefit our organic and we'll start driving traffic from organic. So I, I do I do feel the pain of, of the unknowing of, you know, what that potential looks like. And as you mentioned, there's a lot of, um, there are a lot of tools that you could use to get some some degree of keyword popularity. None of those numbers are, are, are realistic of what the actual search volumes are. These are so anything that's that you use to get keywords usually comes from uh, initially Google's database and Google's database of keywords combines multiple words, misspells and, and um, plurals and singulars and all sorts of stuff. So, so those numbers are really more just uh, uh, the keywords are really more just a summary of all the search terms available um, with the same intent. But it is it, there is data. There is data that says, hey, this one has a smaller number than this one. Let's go after the one with the higher number. And creating that forecast is just a great way to, to help quantify it, to know what the opportunity is. And we mentioned that strategy. Once once those tasks are lined up and you've got uh, you know, a, a team that's that's there and and available to work on those tasks, it's really just making sure every month you're having that quick 10-minute meeting and high-fiving over the progress they've made in knocking them out. And quantifying though, and why SEO is so important, you know, we look at Bob's watches. It started with a, a safe full of Rolexes and Paul Altieri saying, Steve, I'm thinking about doing a website for this, but I want to do it right. You know, I've, I've already got a business going. I, I'm not in a big rush. Let's, let's come up with a plan. Let's figure out how we're going to do this. Let's figure out what, uh, what platform we're going to use. Let's figure out what our site map looks like. Let's figure out what our media needs to look like with pictures and videos. Um, let's let's plan the whole thing out so that we do it right and don't have to reverse engineer it later. 
Um, and now, what, over $72 million a year is one of the largest Rolex consignment sites where you can buy in and sell watches. And it all stemmed from a really strong SEO strategy. It was the categories and the product detail pages. And if, if you want to build a business case to, to help sort of support and, and evangelize search, take a look at Bob's watches and go to archive.org goof around with some of those older pages and watch how those pages have evolved over the years, in particular, the Rolex categories, and look at the media that's being used in them. Look at the, the links using tools like Hrefs and SCMrush, the links that are going to those pages, uh, and reverse engineer how those links you know, came about. Uh, I think I think that's a really easy way to do it, is look at, look at you know, the, the value of what a site like that has done. Um, one thing that that's you know we're doing on an ongoing basis with our friends at Applebee's and IHOP is quantifying what we're doing with um, the off-premises, the delivery and the takeout. Mm-hmm. And you know it's it's tough because it's like hey we're on lockdowns and we need you know we can't have anyone at a restaurant. What are we going to do to keep revenue coming in? Well, let's create a delivery page. Let's create a. Uh, a takeout page mm-hmm. for every location. So if you're doing a search for restaurant delivery in you know, Anaheim, restaurant delivery in um, wherever, that we've got a page that shows up in search results and we can get people who haven't yet thought about Applebee's as an option and not just going to Uber Eats and Postmates and, uh, and those other delivery services, but seeing us in the mix as an option. And um, and that worked. It worked, you know, significantly with over, you know, a four hundred percent increase in online sales by simply addressing where the needs of the customers were at the time of the pandemic. So I think, uh, and if you look at your analytics, I can guarantee you, organic search is going to be the number one traffic source. Um, and and there's there's unlimited opportunity of how much traffic you could drive from organic. You're never going to be number one for every keyword. So there's always going to be something that you could keep chipping away at to try to achieve higher placement for, you know, um, a wide array of keywords that those pages could appear for. So um, anyway, I don't know if that's, that answers your question, but it's, it's absolutely quantifiable. It does take, you know, that six to 12 months before you really feel it. But 12 months flies by. Look, we're almost through two years of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Imagine where we could be right now with our online sales had we a year ago put those pages up and optimized them well. How much foot traffic we'd get, how much online sales we'd be receiving from searches. So I think I think SEO is absolutely quantifiable. It takes some time to get the data to sort of prove it. Uh, but um, But there's plenty of examples out there. And if if you want to talk to more of those, I'm happy to. But I think Bob's Watches is my favorite, where we literally started from zero, and you know now the business is in the millions, and how much revenue they're driving from, um, you know, luxury watch queries. I think that's a fantastic example, and it actually is a nice analogy or example of an analogy I like to use. Like, so I'm an, an engineer by background, but I'm a mechanical engineer. I like to see how things work. But the analogy I use is from my electrical engineering friends. So, you know, when I talk to um, somebody and they ask, you know, is SEO really worth it? I said, well, you know, kind of you know, think about the fact that when you flip a switch, you want your lights to turn on, right? And they say, yeah, I want my lights to turn on. I said, well, right now, when you're flipping your website on, 
it's not turning on. Like the switch to your website is not turning on. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes as to, you know, yeah. same way where your lights won't turn on, like all the electrical switches, all the like, you know, there could be, a, um, you know, a, a, something off in the, in, the, in the box. There could be like all these things going behind. I'm like, do you want to go figure out what that is? Or do you want somebody else to go figure out what that is? Because you want your lights on, right? Like, oh right. yeah, I want my lights on. <laughs> so I, I figure out like that, that, I find like sometimes these analogies like help it. Like there is so much going on behind the scenes that people just, I just don't think they appreciate to the full extent of what it is. And it gets them so overwhelmed so quickly that yep. they don't even want to engage. Like they're just like, okay, um, n- never mind, never mind. I'll just mm-hmm. continue to do the same thing I've been doing because that seems a lot easier than having to <laughs> open my mind and, and internalize that. But I find when I could give them like, um, yeah, you're, you're flipping the light, you know, the switch on of your website, but it's not turning on. That starts to kind of get them thinking about, okay, what might be happening behind the scenes? But then the very first thing they say, okay, well, who can I call for that? <laughs> so, and then we go to that conversation. But I, I think it's really, really important for people to internalize. This is a new way of doing business, guys. I'm like, you know, so if you're going to put something out there, and we talk about this from like the social channels, like you alluded to this too, Steve, it's like, you can't just put something out there and just like, kind of call it a day and say, okay, I'm done. I put it out there. I'm representing. You have to do everything you need to do in order to make that channel actually work for you. And sometimes- Unless you're a 17-year-old Instagram influencer, then you just, for some reason, you could just, just create stuff there. and the whole world just pays you. I don't know. Yeah. You just sit around <laughs> and you just wait to become famous, right? Just that boat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unless you're, unless you're that persona, you know, which 2% of the world is. Yeah. You're right. It's, it's, a, lot of, it's a lot of elbow grease. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. And the fact that you're in it every day. And that's the other thing is like, you can't have like, I, I, my personal opinion is that you just can't have somebody who's moonlighting doing this and for it to be effective. You need somebody who's going to put the attention on it. And that's why I love the fact that you have like that checklist and everything else, because this, like, again, it is something that is a day-to-day thing. This is not something that somebody kind of does on the side. So I, I wanted to make sure that everybody hears that. And if they're still questioning what, if, you know, if SEO is really worth it, ask yourself, when I flip the switch on my website on, is my website actually turning on? I love it. And, and remember I mentioned the intern thing or the, the marketing student? Yeah. Uh, Bob's Watches had a kid from Stanford. He was the run. I came in, gave advice, built strategy. And that kid was the one doing all the grunt work. He was the one you know, in the weeds every day, but throughout the day, I'd get emails and text messages with questions and, Hey, can you see if I did this right? And Hey, am I going the right direction? So uh, if I don't, I don't want business owners to have to do SEO. And I know you don't have a marketing budget because you're a small business. In many cases, you Mm -hmm. just don't have it. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be concerned about, you know, the, the day-to-day of what's going on with your SEO. You should be concerned about whether you've seen growth every quarter, every year um, from organic search and getting somebody to manage the helm so you don't have to think about it but start with that roadmap start by going to a consultant maybe even even ask hey could i you know could i could i get a strategy review call with you for a few minutes in exchange for a review as a small consultancies we thrive on you know our reputation and if someone's willing to give us a review we'll we'll do it in an hour of our time to help them and so you know, in, in that hour, you record it, you've got your your nephew or your your friend who, who does some digital marketing stuff and wants to learn what they could be doing better, who's going to be running the helm, um, get a strategist to come in and, and set that roadmap for you so that at least you know what direction you should be going, what you should be avoiding, you know, and, and where to start. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. But that marketing students, there's 
tens of thousands of them out there. And, um, you know, and they'll work for free because they want the experience, but you need to give them a roadmap to work with. And whether it's, you know, the Academy of Search reference or uh, that I gave you or using, you know, LinkedIn has a, a great program as well, mm-hmm. whether you're going to Yoast Academy or Distilled, I think distilled.net has an academy. There's several different places that you could go online and get a certification um, in specifically in SEO, uh, whether it's our course or someone else's, but have that person say, this, this is going to be your job. You're in charge of this. And what I want to do is every six months, I want somebody to give you a report card. So pick a consultant that you look up to and let's pay them to come in once a year or twice a year and give us a score. How are we performing? How are we doing? I think that that that's, $250 or whatever you end up spending uh, will save you thousands of dollars of that person doing the wrong thing or focusing in the wrong areas. And make you hopefully much more than that. <laughs> exactly. A million times fold, right? Oh, yeah. I remember, I remember in 2010, maybe it was 2011, I, I helped a catalog. I don't even know if it's still online. It was called Flirt Catalog. And they they had a page for sexy Halloween costumes that made them money every year. And they had lost placement. They'd lost rank for that. And so we we did some research and we found that there was at the time about $125,000, no, $120,000 of revenue potential based on forecasting using that term and the semantic derivatives. Like, hey, if we can get you back up and ranking for that keyword, it could possibly in, in October of this year, it was, I think it was like May when we were working on it, um, generate $120,000 of revenue. And so they, in that one hour, right, we gave them a roadmap. We told them, you know, how to optimize their titles, descriptions, headings, internal links, um, clean up some things that were going off the website. Um, you know, they spent a couple hours doing the work after we made that one hour of effort. Um, and sure enough, we we had access to the analytics and that October, it was $125,000, what they actually made from that page, mainly stemming from the, the different variations of sexy Halloween costumes. <laughs> um, so it can be forecast, but can you imagine just changing one page and making $125,000 in a month? And at the time, I think I was charging like a hundred bucks for a you know, a, a consult. So out of a hundred dollar investment in talking to a consultant, they made $125,000 in revenue in a month. <laughs> talking to the yeah. right consultant. Yeah. That, yeah, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> I mean, you've made the case for yours and you've made the case against some of the others. So it's yeah. very sure. pragmatic of you. <laughs> yeah. I have my moments. <laughs> so um, a lot of these other questions we have here, we've we've covered throughout the conversation, but I think one of the ones um, that you've actually talked about before, Steve, is how do you get smarter with SEO? And I think specific to that question you know, you've given some great examples about how to optimize and what to look for and all of that. But this question, I think, is a little bit combination. Like, all right, if you're the owner of the business, you're not going to run your SEO, right? But what do you need to know in order to help influence decisions? And then on the other side of that, what are the things, right, that we should be watching in order to indicate whether we're doing things right or wrong. Like we've talked a lot about analyzing and building the plan, but like what are the metrics or what are the things that like depending on your level you should be aware of so you can speak to it intelligently and you can also lead the business knowing this isn't going to be your day to day. Sure. And, and I'll share with you after the call, a link to a template that we use and that I give to my my students that I call the KPI tracker. Right? Oh, and we love it's KPI. Just a, it's, <laughs> it's just a Google sheet and the first column are all the things that we we want to measure. 
um, you know, beginning with, you know, inbound links that are coming to our website and every, every column is a month. So at the end of every month, you'll go back and look to see how you did. There's a, a group of technical items that you'll work through security, privacy, crawlability, site errors, things like that. Um, there's a section on keyword market share, all those great keywords that we want to rank for that we're tracking, you know, in, in Conductor or in SEMrush or wherever we happen to be tracking our keyword rankings so that we can see what our share of voice is and what that percentage looks like over time. You know, hey, right now we have 14% share of voice for these keywords. We want to get to 26 by the end of the year. So it's, you know, measurable. Uh, and then there's the you know, the, the numbers that are important to the stakeholders like or, organic revenue and uh, leads that come from organic. Those are the, the green highlighted rows that we know the business owners and the stakeholders care about. The rest are really key performance indicators for, for our various team members on off page, on page, you know, and then web analytics. The, the columns at the end of that KPI tracker include, you know, what our goal is so that we're always looking at what that goal is. And then the second column shows us, you know, where we're at with hitting that goal. Here's where we are currently. Um, so you can see the numbers. And then the last column shows you percentage progress um, at, at any given moment where you've got some conditional formatting that that highlights it as red if we're not on pace to hit those goals this year or highlights it as green if we're ahead of schedule and doing good. So I think that KPI tracker is a great mechanism for any business owner to hold their team accountable every month. Hey guys, fill out your KPI tracker this month. I want to see how we're doing, you know, and then mm -hmm. they fill it out and you sit down, you go through it and like, Hey, cool. We're on pace to hit our KPI goals. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> I think that's probably the easiest way to uh, do that. And I'll give you a link to that template so that you can, you know, share it with the listeners. Um, what was the other question had to do with, um, with with convincing business owners what was can you remind me what that first question was yeah so i think you kind of answered both but the other part okay. was as the business owner you know what what do you what how involved are you or what do you need to be aware of right because ann's always famous mm -hmm. for saying you can't work in and on the business at the same time mm -hmm. that's kind of our philosophy but obviously mm -hmm. we've talked about how important this is this is the new way to market you know you have to have some awareness of it so what do you recommend if you're say the owner higher level exec versus the team yeah. doing it and i think this template makes a ton of sense right because it's mm -hmm. very transparent are there other it's things simple. you would recommend yeah, the, so reports in like SEMrush, getting a, a weekly or a monthly report, depending on how big your business is. Um, you know, if you're a smaller business, once a month is usually more than enough. Once you've done that that keyword research, you've looked at your search console, you've looked at your your Google Ads search term reports, and you've decided, hey, these terms really convert well for us. Let's let's put them in our reporting. Let's tag them as. Um, uh, you know, as priority keywords, right? And then let's do our competitive insights. Let's look at all the keywords driving traffic to our competitors. Let's remove all their company names and brand names because we're not going to rank for those those things. Let's just look at products and services of, you know, what we should be showing up for. Then you put all those keywords into that rank tracker and you segment them by business unit. Uh, for Applebee's and IHOP, we've got a segment for delivery and a segment for um, for drink specials, right? Mm -hmm. um, for uh, attorneys, you might have a segment for, um, uh, car accidents versus wrongful death. So you segment those keywords so that you can see how you're doing. You might even, if you're multi-location business, you might even segment by DMA, right? Or your, your, mm -hmm. your, your marketing areas. You might have one for California and see how your California locations are ranking compared to your Texas locations uh, as an example. So, so I think having that monthly report broken down with those different categories or tags, if you're using SEMrush and categories, if you're using Conductor Searchlight gives you, you know, a really detailed look at overall, how's our ranking doing? And 
and and, and moving up in the search results for all the keywords we want to rank for. And then by business unit and business objective, how are we performing in those different areas? Hey, check it out. We just beat some of the, the delivery service providers for delivery um, in whatever city we have a city in. That's great. You know, we're, we're doing really good in that area, but I can isolate that by, you know, putting it in its own segment and its own tag. And then once a month, just reviewing that report it should be automatically sent from the system. Um, you roll through it. And if you start to see a plateau, or if you start to see drops, um, or if you see a competitor suddenly moving up, you know, then it it's, you know, is, is an excuse to have a meeting and review it with the team and say, okay, let's, let's figure out what's going on so that we can uh, adjust and adapt our strategy based on what's going on from our reporting. I think that sounds like something that everybody definitely should be doing and paying attention to. And, and just um, a, a question on definition too, because um, we get this one a lot. What's the difference between SEO and SEM? I think there's two different ways to look at it. Search engine optimization is is you know it really is the you know the art, science, math, and creativity of of growing how much uh, visibility and traffic you're getting organically without having to you know pay advertising fees. SEM can be the umbrella term that describes all things search engine marketing from um, you know, SEO and pay-per-click and, uh, and everything else that we do to get visibility in search results, paid ads, local ads, map ads, um, and then PPC, right? Pay-per-click advertising sometimes gets thrown into you know, what people recognize as SEM, even though SEM to me is kind of all-encompassing, but the industry has sort of shifted their viewpoint. And SEM is basically, you know, and the way that they look at it now is pay-per-click. It's, it's, you know, the ads that we're bidding on in search results. And, um, you know, that's, it's a, a, a great way to collect some insanely helpful information that can help augment your organic strategy. And it's, it pays for itself when you take your organic search terms and organic placement wins of, of, you know, referral traffic and so forth. You take all that data and you port it into your pay-per-click. And what happens is suddenly you get higher scores, you pay less per click, and you get much, uh, much better ROI or return on ad spend um, if you're, you know, incorporating or marrying your paid and organic data. So I would, I would encourage businesses to do both. Set a budget up for both. Have it mm -hmm. have it sort of architect by someone who's a, a specialist, um, and maybe get some training on how to manage it, so that every month you're you're marrying your paid and organic data um, to help benefit both. Let's let's start ranking for keywords that we're getting search terms that we're getting a lot of of good results from on our Google Ads and Bing Ads, and let's get lower costs on those by pulling out our search console search term data and putting those in our ad groups so that we can get lower costs. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. And I think that's a good way to round out the in the trenches questions, because I think that there is some gray area there, too, around. I think people use sometimes the words interchangeably, right? SEM, SEO. Right. And I think your explanation helps clarify some of that, because if you think about SEM as the holistic thing versus mm -hmm. just paid, yeah. Or the other way around, it means different things, right? But I think your point is well taken of they need to work together because I think that's the other mistake made is people think if they pay, then they should see these crazy results, but then they end up spending a bunch of money they see very little versus, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. on the SEO side, like you've said all along, it's a slower burn, but it can be more effective when you pair them together in the right way and build a strategy on both sides. That's right. where you really see the success happen. 
And oh, if you can get those two people, the SEO and the SEM person to sit next to each other and work together, um, it's amazing what happens. Most of the time, unfortunately, they don't communicate. They don't share wins. They don't Mm -hmm. collaborate. They're two different roles. One person puts their headset on and they create ads and ad groups and, and tweak bidding strategies and you know, the other person is out creating content and, and building relationships to earn links. And there's just not a lot of interaction happening between those two team members. So yeah, if you can get those two to, uh, to meet often and share ideas and to be best friends, you're <laughs> going to just destroy the competition. You'll have more visibility in search results in paid and organic. You'll get higher click-through rates because searchers will see you more than once and know that you're the brand that they should click on. Um, I mean, it's just, it's endless in terms of the opportunities if you can get those two to play together. I think that is a good ending to our In the Trenches <laughs> section. And our third and final segment is often a real world example of a brand doing things well or not so well. In this case would be the SEO space. But also when we have a guest, we kind of turn it over to you, Steve, to, you know, offer a brand if you have one, but you've given some examples throughout this, you know, promote your business, your company, you've given us lots of tools today. So like Ian said, we'll make sure to get those in the notes and and links and things. Uh, But at this point, I'll hand it over to you and please remind people how they can find you. Sure. Uh, well, great. If, so if, if I did enough examples for you, uh, I would say those those two are my favorite, right? Mm-hmm. Bombs Watches and Applebee's and, um, and and IHOP as well. If you want to reverse engineer a bit of what we've done there, uh, I think those have been really, really fun, successful campaigns to work on. But we also won an award for um, some work we did with Meineke Car Care back in mm-hmm. 2014 mm-hmm. that you could see if you look at uh, their local pages, for example, and, and really explore that. You can see a lot of the effort that went into creating some of that supportive content. So you have three that you can reverse engineer a bit and study a little bit of what we've done over the last decade. Um, For us, you know, I mentioned Academy of Search is is something new that we're trying to see if it's a viable business model for us. So we're pretty much just offering a lot of those things for free right now, just to kind of get some feedback on it. Um, I'm available everywhere on social. I'm just SEO Steve. That was kind of my tagline in the (laughs) 2000s. And now I wear a bag over my head like um, Shia LaBeouf that says I'm not famous anymore. But, um, I love but that. yeah, so I'm SEO Steve <laughs> everywhere. And um, uh, the team is just Wiedemann. So if you want to hit anybody up here, we love to help small businesses. So, um, you know, our, our core clients are the larger brands and we do have, you know, one or two that are, are sort of middle range, but we don't have a lot of small uh, accounts that we work with. So when we do get somebody who calls, we always try to help them at our cost. Um, you know, we might ask for a review afterwards if we were helpful, but uh, for the most part, if there's something that we can do to give some guidance, you can you can grab me at SEO Steve or anyone on the team at Wiedemann. So Instagram, um, Facebook, uh, Twitter, it's just W-I-I-D-E-M-A-N. And, you know, we're happy to help however we can ask, give us, give us your most important page on your website that you need to rank for and what you're trying to rank for. Um, and challenge us and we'll see if we can see if it's something simple or if it's something where we might come back and say, okay, let's redesign this page to make it more like this. And then, you know, set you off with uh, the right direction. Awesome. Well, thank you, Steve, for being a guest, um, for all the work that went into this episode as well for those offers, because I think we do have a lot of listeners that are in that position. And hopefully all of you out there, some of you, not to overwhelm them, (laughs) we'll take Steve and team up on that. 
Um, and just a quick recap of the right ways to SEO. So first of all, create a single highly functioning website. Start with the fundamentals so you're set up for success. Develop your SEO strategy. Do not shoot from the hip. Do the work. And it can be a good amount of work, but it is worth it to set you up for that success. Conduct SEO audits on the regular. Do not set it and forget it. Stay on top of how you are performing. And then don't shy away from change. Google and Bing are only your friends if you stay up to date with the changes. And with that, we will say, go and exercise your marketing smarts. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. Mention you heard about us here, and we will give you a free 30-minute consultation. You can also share any topics you want us to cover, which helps us give real-world support to our listeners in real time. And if you learned something impactful, please share with a friend and don't forget to leave a rating and review on your favorite platform. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.